and welcome to EG's Voice of the Region with me, Jim Larkin. Um, as ever, I'll be getting under the skin of a particular region of the UK's commercial real estate market thanks to the expert tutelage of an agent riding high in its radius on demand rankings. And this time, we're off to Suffolk. Uh, now, it may be down to the enduring legacy of Constable or possibly Lovejoy, depending on your cultural reference points, um, but people think of this part of the world as rolling countryside and picturesque villages, which it is, um, but it's also much more. The port of Felixstowe, for example, handles almost half of the country's container trade, and this helps support a sprawling industrial sector along the surrounding A-roads. And it was given a shot in the arm a couple of years back with the permission to develop Freeport East. Um, however, nowhere is immune to the wider economic pressures currently facing the country, so how is Suffolk responding to the considerable challenges that exist in 2023? Uh, to answer that, I'm pleased to be joined by Vanessa Penn, founder of Penn Commercial, who we last spoke to in June 2021, when, like a lot of places, Suffolk was riding a wave of logistic success. Uh, but how different do things feel now? Let's find out. Vanessa, hello, how are you? Hello, good afternoon. Yes, good, thank you. Good stuff. Okay, um, now um, we last spoke a couple of years ago, almost exactly two years ago, um, when the pandemic was understandably dominating proceedings and the logistics sector was booming. Uh, but we're now faced with an entirely different set of pressures in terms of the economy and international events. Um, what impact have those new pressures had on the transactional market in Suffolk in terms of activity levels and which sectors seem to be holding up best? Um, yes, I think there is a nervousness in the market, you know, due to the ongoing rises in interest rates and inflation, like you've just said. Um, I think the sectors that have been most resilient in Suffolk have been, you know, the warehousing logistics sector, mm -hmm. uh, outside storage, non-food retail warehousing has been quite good. And obviously the sectors that are slower have been the office market and retail high street, shopping centre, etc. Sure, okay. Uh, now, according to the uh, latest radius rankings, you've transacted 44,000 square feet across 15 deals uh, in Suffolk. Um, well, what do you think the secret is to surviving and, you know, perhaps even prospering when the market gets squeezed like it is at the moment? Now, well, having worked in the recession in 2009 onwards mm. uh, gives you a bit of experience in what to do. <laughs> I, and I think the key is, you know, to look at short term and medium term income mm -hmm. um, rather than just the long term strategic development sites, which are subject to planning, you know, which do take an inordinate amount of time to come through. So for cash flow purposes, you know, you need to concentrate on the, the churn of the deals or the transactions if you can mm. and identifying, you know, those which you can convert fairly easily. Sure. OK. I mean, yeah, I mean, you kind of started the business back in 2007, I think. Um, how does this. So, you know, you've seen a few economic cycles. How does this compare to, to previous ones? I don't think it's as bad as it, as it was back then, um, mm. to be frank with you. Um, we haven't seen yet anyway the number of receiverships and administrations that there were at that time. Mm. Yeah. Fingers crossed. OK. Um, now, um, kind of, you know, with the economy as it is we've seen huge increases in the cost of borrowing um and also raw materials have gone very expensive um how big an impact is that having on on new developments i think the developments that are already underway with pre-lets and pre-sales you know will continue to, to go on and yep. be completed i think others might 
develop on a phased basis you know on a deal by deal basis as well yeah and some developers will just hold off until construction costs settle down and confidence comes back to the market and, and yields you know improve again Mm, sure. Okay. Um, now, um, Suffolk is home to the UK's busiest container port, um, uh, Felixstowe. Um, how big a driver of activity is that? I mean, Felixstowe has historically always been a driver for the industrial warehouse sector in this area, mm-hmm. to be honest. Um, many of the warehousing and logistic companies occupying the new developments along the A14 either operate in and out of the port or have some affiliation with it. Um, and whilst port volumes are currently lower than usual, you know, I think it will pick up again, you know, for the Christmas season. Um, so really, I think Felix Day will continue. Um, it's been granted free port status. So essentially, that should bring in new interest from manufacturing as well. Mm, sure. OK. Yeah, I think we spoke briefly about the the, the Freeport uh, last time we talked, um, but it was kind of very early days and no one quite knew what was <laughs> it was going to involve. I um, think it's the same now, to be honest. Right, fair really enough. Been a lot of development um, probably since we last spoke, other than, you know, Felixstowe has been granted the status with Harridge as well. Um, yeah. and, and I think a leader of that um organization has been chosen to, to drive that forward uh, but we haven't actually seen any physical activity on the ground as such mm, sure okay i mean i think kind of allied to the freeport scheme um was kind of the the plan to turn uh suffolk uh, into a major hub for hydrogen production um do you think that's gonna happen um and kind of how excited are you for the for the potential there yeah, I mean, there's talk about that happening at the port of Felixstowe, and that's mm-hmm. been sort of muted in the press. And I think there has been some, you know, movement on that. But um, yeah, I mean, that'd be very exciting if, if you know, Suffolk becomes the first hub for hydrogen, won't it? <laughs> Indeed. Okay. Um, now um, we've kind of touched on the logistics sector, um, which obviously was booming in lockdown. But I've kind of spoken to a few agents who reckon that that boom is now uh, kind of well past its peak. Um, is that the case in Suffolk or do you think kind of you know that the port there is helping to strengthen that sector? I think Suffolk's probably a bit more resilient as there's a lack of Mm. stock generally in Suffolk um, Mm. as opposed to some of the major conurbations you know there isn't as much space here so there's lack of supply but Mm. it definitely has slowed down um, in the last six months or so And we know that nationally, I think there's a stat being quoted of four million square feet on the market, you know, companies offloading space, e-commerce companies and such like. Mm. So, you know, it might take time to sort of pick up again. Sure. Okay. Um, Which are the other industrial sectors that are kind of doing well at the moment? I mean, is there much demand for manufacturing, for example? We haven't seen that many inquiries for manufacturing in this area, to be honest. Smaller ones, but not not larger companies. Um, outside storage is doing quite well. Mm. Um, non-food retail warehousing is good, you know, where it's in a strategic location. Uh, smaller industrial units, starter units, mid-box are going well too. Again, mm. there's not enough of them, but the demand is there. Sure. Okay. Um, moving on to offices, which you've kind of mentioned earlier as one of the sectors not doing quite so well. Um, it kind of seems like the hybrid model has become very much the norm for you know most workplaces. Um, 
how has that changed uh you know what employers want from an office yeah i mean i think they want sort of more flexible space more hot desking more leisure more cafe areas um i don't think they some of them need quite as much space a lot of them mm. have downsized as well mm. and i think that'll set it to continue Sure. Okay. I mean, people talk a lot about the flight to quality that people want. Yeah, maybe less space, but much better quality, just if they're going to you know, attract yeah. people back into the office. Are you seeing much evidence of that? Yeah, I think they want a better environment, certainly. I think the sort of mm. second hand, second generation stock is, you know, very attractive anymore. Um, people want open plan in general. You know, they want, yeah, nice reception areas. Um facilities on site maybe a gym you know things like that to mm. keep staff interested in coming into the office uh, I think yeah I think offices have changed a lot I mean we had an inquiry from somebody today who's basically said you know we don't need this big an office we'll go into a serviced office mm. and and that's quite common now yeah, sure. OK. Um, how about the retail sector? I mean, you know, there's, there's sort of big names have been in the headlines for, you know, closing down over the last few years, like, you know, Debenhams, BHS, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I think kind of post lockdown, a lot of places saw a big upswing in independent operators deciding to, you know, take the plunge and open up their own bars or restaurants or shops. Um, did you see that much across Suffolk? Yeah, certainly we've seen that in some of the Suffolk towns, more independents taking advantage of the sort of prime and good secondary pitches. Mm. You know, also rents being lower, landlords being more flexible on lease terms. It has encouraged some of them, definitely. And some mm. of the nationals have left the high streets and either gone online or out of town, haven't they? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, how do you think that the... the the, the high street needs to reinvent itself if it's going to, you know, survive and prosper. I mean, what kind of changes are you already seeing and what seems to be working? Um, in some towns, I think more residential in the town centres, mm. uh, more apartments, more townhouses, you know, creating a higher footfall, which then in turn creates demand for shopping, convenience stores, you know, service mm. industries, all that type of thing. But without the footfall, it's very difficult. Yeah, absolutely. OK. Um, and how is the investment market looking? Um, a lot of people I spoke to say in the second half of last year, it just fell off a cliff. Um, but are there signs of life returning? Well, I think investment has recovered a little bit, um, certainly for particular sectors, you know, warehousing, logistics, which is the new retail and in inverted commas, um, non-food retail warehousing in good locations. I think funds are still keen to acquire single or multi-let estates, you know, where they can add value either by developing more units or where there's reversion on the rents. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think the auction results just lately have also been quite encouraging where investments have sold. Sure. OK. Um, and is it kind of mainly industrial stock that people are adjusted in or is that across the board? <laughs> I think it's a bit across the board, some mixed use as well. Mm. in there and with residential development potential sure. where there's an angle you know where it can add value yeah perfect okay um now um let's talk ipswich town um who have very recently been promoted to the championship um how big a lift does that give the town um and do you think it kind of you know it's going to help in terms of profile and and you know the, the local economy 
Well, it's which town have been in League One for far too long. So <laughs> welcome back to the championship. They were in the championship before. Um, but certainly with home crowds averaging sort of 27,000, mm. um, the hospitality businesses in the town have certainly benefited. And a home game is bringing additional revenue and spend into Ipswich and the surrounding area should, you know, hopefully have a knock on effect on the town centre. You know, with mm. higher footfall on those days and, and encouraging more businesses to think of it such as a location. Sure, good stuff. Okay. Um, and now Penn Commercial has something in common with Ed Sheeran uh, in that you're both sponsors of Ipswich Town. I mean, from your point of view, was that a purely emotional investment or are there quantifiable commercial benefits to it? Yeah, I'm not quite as wealthy as Ed Sheeran. <laughs> yeah, well, he's, yeah, got, yeah, he's but... on the shirt, isn't he? I've been a season ticket holder there for 30 years, so it's a bit of both, to be honest. Some emotion, and also it is a good community club to support. You know, there's a number of networking events that they hold at the club. There's business opportunities to be had. So it's not solely about having the pen name on a board up mm. there at the ground, which, you know, I'm incredibly proud of, but there are other opportunities too. Sure, good stuff. Okay. Um, and I mean, would you recommend it to agents in other towns and cities as a, a kind of good use of marketing spend? Yes, I mean, I think, you know, you've got to be sensible about it. But yes, I think it is. You know, it's they, the championship clubs get good TV coverage. You know, there's mm. a huge business community around these football clubs generally. And so, you know, you get a chance to mix with other sponsors, other companies. So, yeah, it's a, it's another networking avenue to explore, I think. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I guess it helps that it's kind of a, a town that's only really got one club, whereas, you know, if there were two yes. <laughs> fierce rivals, then you're going to alienate half your potential customer base. Uh, but anyway, um, Rao, um, looking ahead uh, to the rest of the year, um, what are your hopes and expectations for how things are going to pan out in terms of, you know, the economy generally and the, the Suffolk CRE market in particular? Well, I hope that these sort of energy costs will start to come down and that will be probably autumn before any sort of real recovery, I think. Um, I think in between that, we'll probably see a number of properties come into the market, particularly those requiring a revaluation or where interest rates have made the loans just too expensive for, for people to manage. Mm. Um, in our property management portfolio, we actually haven't seen too many casualties over this cost of living crisis, um, which is, you know, which is good. Um, so it shows that, you know, Suffolk is as resilient as a business community, I think. Sure, sure. OK. Um, I mean, if you kind of had Rishi Sunak's phone number, um, what would you kind of like him to do that would help things help things out locally? Uh, locally, I think we had a, um, a, a 25 million grant from the government to help regenerate the town centre, mm. you know, which is which is good. And, the, and I know there's a number of projects sort of lined up to take advantage of that. Um, if I could have anything, it would be better infrastructure. Um, mm. The A12 and A14 suffers greatly from the volume of traffic now. Uh, and as we're sort of, you know, the biggest container port just down the road, you know, we don't have a motorway to access it. Um, we've got very poor road infrastructure, which which creates havoc when there's accidents or, you know, the Orwell Bridge is closed, etc. 
So better mm. infrastructure I'd ask for for Suffolk because it's such an important, you know, strategic location now. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, and also, um, one of the things I've noticed from doing this podcast is that there isn't exactly an overabundance of women in senior roles within the regional CRE <laughs> sector. Um, why do you think that is and, and what can we do about it? <laughs> well, I remember yeah, yeah. when I started in 2007, I think there are even less then. There's a few more now. Mm. Um, but certainly when I go to a lot of these networking or agents, days I'm still the only one even mm. as at 2023 which right. is quite incredible really isn't it absolutely I, yeah. I, yeah I don't think well certainly provincially I don't think a lot of women go into property I think you know London Bristol Birmingham Manchester there probably are quite a few more mm. but I think provincially it's not doesn't seem a sector that's very attractive to go into and you almost have to train somebody up who's perhaps been in another role, which is what we've we've done here, um, because there aren't the there isn't the pool of talent out there to to recruit. Hmm. What do you put that down to? With you know women in property meetings, networking. I know the I think it's the Industrial Agent Society are trying to get women more involved in that. So there are a few initiatives. Yeah. I mean, do you think it's kind of a, a perceptional problem for the property faces that it's kind of, you know, doesn't seem to be particularly attractive to women? Yeah, I'm not sure, really. I mean, I say I think it's better in the, in the larger cities, but I do think mm. provincially it's always been the same. Um, anybody that seems to want to go into it wants to be in you know, London, etc. They don't yeah. want to be in the regions. Okay. And finally, then, um, you're still signed up to Radius, obviously, um, meaning, you know, you get to see in detail what the rest of the market is doing um, and how you measure up to that. Um, how helpful a tool is that? Yeah, but it's good to see. I think so we use it as a barometer to see where we are against the competition in the region, who's doing well in what sectors. You know, we can measure our results by it quarterly. Uh, so it's a good tool for that. And it's interesting to see what other firms are doing and, you know, the sort of stats that are being produced or square feet let and sold, you know. Excellent. Well, hopefully long may hit, long may hit last. OK, um, on that happy note, I think we'll bring things to a close. Thank you ever so much for your time. All right. Thank you very much, Jim. 